Maybe, you know, your thing is that you help everyone. You help everyone to your own detriment. You can't say no to anyone because you have no boundaries. My love, have you turned yourself into a martyr? Are you constantly suffering for the good of everybody else? Has that become a normal life choice for you? Welcome to Not So Chronic, a place where we discuss the real truth in healing ourselves from chronic diagnosis. My name is Sarah and I'm a self-healers coach for women who want to step into the healer and leader they are born to be. Think of this podcast as your radical guide in unleashing yourself from all the BS you were told and awaken yourself to your power, your worth and your innate ability to heal yourself. Through our stories from suffering and diagnosis to real healing and transformation, we are the revolution. We are not so chronic. So they tell us that everyone's tired. Everyone's tired, right? Um, that you need to exercise more. Great. Um, that something's up with your thyroid, right? And they give you some diagnosis, but there's still not really any meaning except more matrix, like your body doesn't work, your body's attacking you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and <laughs> this one, sorry, it's just hilarious, that chronic fatigue syndrome or ME, which are just names, the name that is a name for persistent fatigue, um, they tell us that that causes the persistent fatigue. Now that is enlightening. So anyway, why are we as women chronically tired? And why is chronic fatigue really a woman's revolution movement? Well, firstly, because we aren't chronic. It isn't incurable. It doesn't just go into recovery and then come back to attack us. We are healers. We heal fatigue, our body stops manifesting it, and nothing attacks us. Except 21st century patriarchal society with an agenda to call us all chronic, inept, disabled, and get us out of financial independence and back into the home. But apart from that, nothing attacks us. So when I work with my clients inside the self Healer Society membership, and of course in my one-to-ones, we explore fatigue much like we explored pain in the last episode. We explore what the fatigue means for them. For them. Right? Not to them. For them. We explore all the different aspects that the symptom of chronic fatigue means for them, for their life. So if you're listening along and you're like, yeah, yeah, but what is chronic fatigue? Um, chronic in the sense of persistent, yeah? We're not talking about that like normal positive feeling of being tired and ready for bed at the end of a blessed day. We're talking about debilitating tiredness that begins from waking up and it does not go away. Months or years later, a woman gets labeled with one thing or another of all the hundreds of made up names for persistent fatigue. So to explore why you are chronically tired, 
I have my clients begin with assessing their whole current situation, their situation that they are choosing. So we'll look at the body. When does it manifest the fatigue? How is the fatigue? Is brain fog there as well? How does the fatigue affect you? Do you feel dizzy, weak, like you just need to be horizontal and left alone? I was there, I remember that. That was my go-to phrase. I need to go be horizontal. Just leave me alone, don't speak to me. Especially in the mornings. I don't, I didn't know then like how, how people could like chat in the morning. I just, it, I just couldn't like, my ears were just like, don't speak to me. So what happens when you manifest fatigue? So you're in the middle of this fatigue, you're flaring or it's just there in the background, right? What's happening? Are people annoyed at you? Is embarrassment there? Is it difficult to keep up with the room? I'm imagining like you're in a meeting and the chronic fatigue is there or you're with your kids, but you're not really present. Or you're trying to build like something for yourself. Maybe even your sole business, but the fatigue is there and it's distracting you. So what happens when you manifest the fatigue? I'm interested in, for my clients, how it makes them feel. Does it make you feel empty? Like you're just totally drained. There's just nothing left. And we go into that. We go into it. Where in your life are you empty? What is draining you specifically? How is your home life, your work life? Are you financially secure and independent? And interestingly, does money also like drain out of you? What is draining out of you? Does time just seem to drain out of you? There's never enough time. All linked. So you're feeling burnt out, right? What's burning you? Where are you burning yourself? Where are you putting your energy? Now, this is great because we all have energy. We are energy. It's infinite and it's all around us and we attract and we give out energy constantly. The idea that energy can be destroyed, it just defies science. So we're all in agreement, energy can't be destroyed. Nobody can destroy your energy, right? So who and where have we been giving our energy? Because that's what we do. We choose to give it and then we give it. Nobody steals it. That's more victim stuff. Manifesting symptoms is actually one way we direct our energy. Like a fire needs fuel. And pain, rash, migraine, pelvic pain, any other symptom, it requires fuel to manifest. And the fuel is the energy. So naturally, we're manifesting endo or IBS or lupus or fibro or arthritis or whatever. And we direct energy there. Now, this could be semi-okay if we were then replenishing our energy supply like we do when we're consciously healing these symptoms. We replenish our energy supply. 
And eventually we replenish so much that what we take in energy wise, it's more than we're giving out in the expression of symptoms. And that is what we call the symptoms reducing. But when we're sick, we're consciously or not consciously choosing not to replenish our energy. We're choosing not to replenish our energy because what do we do? We overgive, we overdo, we put ourselves last, conditioning, right? We give to everyone else and we say like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll cover your shift or like whatever we say because there's some programming here that we have that says either we can't say no and that, and that's deep. I mean, that goes back to whenever men became dominant, right? Um, so we can't say no. Or secondly, we're stuck in this like survival mode thinking. This survival mode thinking that if we stop just for a second, we'll be in danger. And so we're losing money and we're losing friends and we're losing something and we're just losing energy that we are not replenishing. We become a magnet for so-called energy vampires. So all my clients in their own way talk about energy vampires. They are people that on some level, my clients are attracting into their life. They are attracting them into their life. So it's not so much about trying to actively avoid energy vampires because that looks like flaring so you don't have to go and see them, right? It's actually about healing the needs within for why you are attracting these kinds of people in the first place. Why are you calling them in just to drain from you? Why are you calling in that friend who you just, you're exhausted afterwards, you actually need a couple days to recover afterwards. It could be emotionally draining, it could be physically draining, it could be people, places, things, situations where you, you know, you choose to position yourself there, but it drains you. And you say that they're draining you, but you're, you know, they're not draining you, you're giving them your energy. So are you stuck feeling that only when you give to others, even people you give to begrudgingly, but you're still giving, even if you're like, oh, I've got to go meet my friend or I've got to give my husband like time or I don't know, I'm making it up. But maybe you're stuck that when you do give that time to other people, it makes you feel good even begrudgingly, even when you go, oh, it, there's still a feeling of goodness. Um, maybe it makes you feel honorable. Maybe, you know, your thing is that you help everyone. You help everyone to your own detriment. You can't say no to anyone because you have no boundaries. My love, have you turned yourself into a martyr? Are you constantly suffering for the good of everybody else? Has that become a normal life choice for you? Like, do we think that all those who served and helped the world were also constantly suffering with illness? Like, 
was Jesus manifesting chronic fatigue and like repressing it and ignoring it while he carried on so he could go and walk on water and like teach other people about love and spread his truth and then like spend a week in the cave suffering afterwards um but it was all worth it because he just wanted to share his message so he put up with the fatigue like no because you don't have to you don't have to have the fatigue as some kind of suffering we talked about suffering and punishment in the last episode and you don't have to manifest the fatigue to like also step into your truth as this like natural helper that you are. Maybe that's, that is your thing. Maybe you are naturally good at supporting other people, helping other people, holding space for other people, hearing them, but also like doing things for them. And this is, this could be it. You know, this could be that once you heal this like way you've been navigating this, because you can do that. Absolutely. I'm not saying like to heal the chronic fatigue, like stop caring for other people. If you are a natural born carer, then that could be your dharma, your life purpose. And what you're going to do is move into more like a Jesus situation where he doesn't need to go and... um, recover in a cave for a week afterwards, right? You can get there. You can share your truth, be that person that cares for other people and have very clear set boundaries. Hey love, if you're enjoying the show and you're ready to connect with self-healers, attend powerful coaching masterclasses and get access to restoring and revitalizing self-healing practices, head over to notsochronic.com. As a huge thank you for being here on the show, you get an exclusive Not So Chronic discount to join us in our membership, exclusive to Women in Healing, the Self Healers Society. You'll get all my best self-healing resources, group support, and powerful coaching all for you in your self-healing. You and your work in the healing arts will be guided, supported, and celebrated. And you will have the chance to come on the show for women in healing ready to share their truth that healing happens. So head to notsochronic.com and join us in the Self Healers Society. Okay, my love, back to the show. Very, very clear boundaries. Yes, you help your friends, you help strangers, you help people at work, you do all of that because that's your nature and you have very clear boundaries and they don't, um, helping someone no longer triggers flaring, right? Because that's just an old way of being, that's an old narrative, that's an old, first I do this and then I suffer for it. That's old and we've unsubscribed to that. We don't do that anymore. We don't choose that anymore. So what are your beliefs and programming around what it means to do this caring and to love another person and to express love? Because if you believe that it to love another person or anything like what we're talking about here, to care for someone, to love someone, it means it has to be to your own detriment 
Or if you suffer afterwards, it means that was really real love. Like if you suffer for a week afterwards, after caring for your friend or something like that, um, jumping on a call with them, um, meeting your girlfriends, um, helping in some way, coaching another person, supporting someone in some way, doing something for them. Maybe you go and like buy your mom's groceries for her and that's really loving, but your idea of love means that you have to suffer afterwards, then you suffer afterwards. Because that's the reality you create based on your perception, your belief about what it means to love and express love. So is it that you are worthy of love only when you do everything? And that like your doing and your caring proves your worth. Is that what's going on here? Is it that no one listens to you? No one appreciates you? No one does what you want? So you do everything yourself, right? Here I'm thinking about a client of mine who picked up all her kids' clothes, probably even her husband's clothes, right? And she did all the housework, she did everything um, while attempting to be successful in her online business. But since she was responsible for the running of everything, she was also constantly needed. Specifically, kids asking her, mom, where are those jeans? They were sprawled all over the floor and now I can't find them. And like, let's go into that little story for a moment because when that happened, what happened? She'd then have to pull herself away from her online business or away from all the things that she was doing or maybe she was in the bath, you know, loving herself. But she had to stop all that to help the kid with the thing that she created because if she'd have just left the damn jeans on the floor, you know, she wouldn't then be needed. Ah, she wouldn't then be needed. So is that, is that what's going on here? If we overdo and we do everything for everyone and everything everywhere in all different situations of our life, we're the doer, they can rely on us, we'll do it for them so they don't have to because this is the way we show love, this is the way we think that love looks like, then we are needed in our perception, then we are needed. This sounds like someone who doesn't already believe they are wanted. No, it sounds like someone who thinks that if they stop picking their kids clothes up off the floor and they stop doing everything and helping everyone, like if they stop helping their friends to their own detriment, that their friends will stop calling them or they won't need them anymore. They'll go and find someone else who, who will drop everything for them. You know, like I'm thinking of that friend who calls you and like needs you and you don't really want to because like you've got stuff going on and you're, a, you know, a woman and you've got a life. You're not 12 years old anymore but they kind of are and so and you don't want to lose them and you definitely don't want to hurt them and this is important I want to remember this actually because maybe and I see this with my clients all the time we're so obsessed with like not hurting people because of our own hurt when people invalidated us when people weren't there for us when people wouldn't appreciate us when people um, wouldn't drop everything for us and they can't be there for us and it hurt us that now we're like obsessed that we don't want to hurt anyone we don't want to hurt anyone like that so if they need us we're there and we forget that maybe they don't have this like this hurt storyline going on that we have maybe they won't be hurt or offended if they say can you help me with this and you say like sure i'll schedule you in like in two weeks from now 
because, you know, I've got a life right now. And they say, yeah, awesome, okay, look forward to it. Like, you're, if you're running on this idea that, like, if you say no to anyone or you, like, stop doing for one second that everyone's going to be hurt, everyone's going to be disappointed in you, then, like, that, that's, like, your choice to believe that. Secondly, if people are like that, then you have to ask yourself, my love, is that a life that you want to continue participating in? Are those energies, people that you want to continue participating in? That you're totally drained, you're exhausted. And then they have a go at you because you, you, you don't want to give to them right now. If that's who you're positioning yourself with, then you are also choosing to be like yelled at. You're choosing to be, there's more punishment, right? It's more different forms of being punished and attacked and victim and stuff like that. You don't have to be around those people anymore, my love. I'm not. Right? And a note on like the tidying and like doing everything for everyone, perfecting everything. Um, it's interesting because we do that for people who A, don't even appreciate it, and B, they don't actually want it. Like, we could be like exhausting ourselves to reply to the email, gotta do it, like gotta make sure this person feels seen, or like gotta make sure that like I don't leave people hanging because actually it's my it's my story that when someone doesn't reply to me or or help me it's my story that i get hurt but i'm projecting that onto these people okay but maybe these people don't appreciate it and they don't want it i ask my clients why are you choosing to do this why are you creating a life around this desire to be needed so much but then when you're needed so much it's exhausting and why have you decided that this is the only way to be needed? That only in you doing everything, you're needed. And being needed, you've attached some meaning to. Like when you're needed, your life has value. When you're needed, you feel good about yourself and your life. So of course, you're going to keep doing everything if, if that's the need there to be needed. I mean, do you feel like you are not needed otherwise? Is there fear here around not being needed? And, you know, it's interesting because then her clients obviously needed her because she set up her business in the same way. She attracted the same kind of clients that she had in her home life and in her friends and like everywhere else. And like her mother who needed her all the time. Her clients needed her all the time. Everybody needed her all the time. And it's really funny because we create that. I used to be that person. I remember it was around 20... I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018, but I went through a phase where everybody needed me. It was bizarre. And I was the mother role. And I thought that was like healthy. And I remember um, like I had a date with my partner and he was waiting outside. <clears throat> and I had him waiting half an hour because I thought that this girl needed me. And she was like going through, a, I think she was going through a divorce or something. And she just like... She just, I had no boundaries. So she just like, before I knew where I was, we were deep in the thick of it. And I thought I couldn't leave. And I chose that. And then me and my partner had a terrible evening and like we fought a lot and it was, you know, he felt invalidated. He felt like I was putting some random girl, like, I don't even remember. I think she was a colleague, 
but like a colleague that I don't even speak to anymore, right? So like, why would I do that? Why would I choose that? Well, because I had this like mother role, Sarah the mother who cares for everyone because that made me feel needed, wanted, respected, appreciated because I had none of that from myself. So back to my client, you know, she she'd give and she'd give and she was exhausted her body was manifesting insomnia of course a lot of joint and back pain and um she just she never slept um well she never woke up refreshed so her favorite practice of course is yoga nidra yoga nidra is the gift of giving energy to yourself really it really really is and she doesn't manifest chronic fatigue anymore now that she realigned her life yeah she gave up that obsession with control because that's what it is it is an obsession with control and perfectionism and she healed that need within to be wanted only insofar as what she could add or what she could do and now she has created the reality for herself where she is loved and she is wanted and she's appreciated and she doesn't have to cross all her boundaries to get that anymore she wakes up refreshed when she reframed what life gets to be for her so i question my clients with this overdoing way of being to look at their controlling nature because by wanting everything to be a certain way and having to do it all themselves because no one else in their life cares as much as they do or they're not efficient, right, according to them, they actually end up alienating other people. And I remember doing this. I tell my partner like, oh, I'll just do it myself because I was not choosing patience. And in a lot of ways, chronic fatigue was an opportunity for me to release this obsessive way I habitually try to control everything. And controlling everything or trying to control everything is exhausting. Like, what a load of energy there. Like, stop choosing that, you know? But it's not that easy to stop choosing that. Why are we wanting to control everything? Heal that and then you won't have to try and control everything anymore. Another great way I work with my clients is to explore fatigue as a tool. This goes for the pain and any other symptom as well. What is the tool good for? What does it enable? And what does it give you? Because maybe when we're totally flaring with fatigue, other people step up and they do the damn thing that we just wanted them to do, right? When we're flaring in bed, people step up, maybe. Maybe we get some attention. Maybe someone brings us a tea in bed. Maybe we only let ourselves rest in bed or just rest when we are flaring. Well, my loves, if that's the case, your body is wise enough to learn this pattern. If your body has learned that the only way you will allow it to rest is if it full on tantrum flares, then that is what it's going to do because rest is necessary. We have forgotten that. We've forgotten that rest is necessary. It's not a health and healing way of being to begin working on screens at six in the morning, skip some meals because you're so busy, work 12 hours, take on other people's shit, 
consume prana-less foods, that is food with no prana, no life force energy, right? And then like get by on like four hours of broken sleep a night. No, no, no. This way of being is avoiding. It is avoiding, it is resisting. It is so busy and like doing that it's definitely avoiding. And then when I went from that to like sick, sick, sick in bed, sick to the, you know, you can't do anymore. You can't do, so you're just, you're just not doing. Um, It's really the same thing because then I, instead of working 12 hours to avoid the inner healing required to heal, I would binge watch um, some kind of like detective show for 12 hours. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing. So I ask my clients, what are they avoiding? Because yes, symptoms are fantastic opportunities for us to avoid stuff. If that's been our pattern, So what does manifesting chronic fatigue support you in avoiding? Because no doubt it supports us in avoiding the very stuff that once healed won't need to manifest as chronic fatigue anymore. Okay, my loves, I hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, remember to check out your not so chronic discount and join the self healers society over at notsochronic.com for powerful coaching masterclasses, self healing practices, and real friendships with real women who heal themselves. We are the revolution. I'm Sarah. See you next time. And remember, healing happens.